Welcome to Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam, a podcast about navigating adolescence without losing our minds. Each week, I guide you around the teenage landmines with practical tips, simple solutions, and words of encouragement. I'm your host, Dr. Cam. Let's get on with the show. Amazing parents, I am Dr. Cam, your friendly family coach and adolescent psychologist. And I just wanna thank you for joining me. I don't know how many of you watched the elections live the other night. I will tell you I didn't um, because (laughs) I knew I would get too riled up and wouldn't be able to sleep. So I decided to, actually the first thing I did yesterday morning, really early, was Google highlights from the debate. And I got a long list of already compiled highlights from the debate the night before and started looking through them. And I started noticing that they all, I looked at several different resources, they all were pulling similar clips and i'm not going to tell you who i'm planning on voting for but i will just say all of the clips made the person that i'm considering voting for look far better than the other candidate and of course in my mind i'm like well of course that candidate looks far better because they're far better And then I thought, well, maybe I'm gonna go specifically Google um, highlights from a station or from a resource I know supports the other side. Supports, and I hate even saying the other side, but supports the other candidate. So I Googled that and got a bunch of new, completely different results and looked, watched those, and guess what? (laughs) They showed completely different clips and made the other candidate look far better. I mean, I already know who I like, so even those, even though they were different clips, I still had in my mind who I want, so I still saw them as not necessarily supporting, but my candidate looked far worse than they did in the initial videos, that initial clips that were served up to me. So then I went and Googled BBC and some other stations that weren't necessarily for one candidate or the other and got a completely different set of clips and um, highlights that looked a little bit more equal. And the reason I bring this up is it is a really great example of how our brains work. Our brains, they kind of work like a Google algorithm because there's so much information out there that one of the main tasks our brain has is to actually filter out the things that aren't relevant to us. So they also translate or or understand the world around us 
based on what we believe. So Google is extremely smart, too smart, and they know exactly what my, who my candidate is. They know exactly everything I believe. They know when I shop and what I buy. So what they serve up to me is tailored specifically to me. So they just show me more to support what I already believe. And that's why we see more, <laughs> we start seeing the same ads all the time and you might say something and suddenly you see ads. So the whole point is, it filters out the things that it knows I'm not interested in and shows me all the stuff that it knows I'm interested in. And that's how our brain works too. Um, it filters out what we don't understand or don't, don't believe and we focus or drill on evidence to support what we already believe. And this reminds me a lot of what I teach my clients. We go into the adolescent years when our kids turn teens and actually we start getting scared about the adolescent years, the day our child's born, maybe even before that, with this belief and fear that it's going to be difficult. Teens are difficult. Teens are resistant. They rebel. We hear of the troubled teen constantly. I mean, how many times do you hear the word troubled with the word teen? It's almost like it's part of the same word, troubled teen. And so we start thinking teens are the problem. Teens are going to be a problem. And guess what? Then teens are a problem. But what I want to tell you is that teens are not the problem. Teens are actually wired exactly and perfectly the way that they need to be wired to do the tasks that they need to do, which is to establish themselves as unique individuals separate from the family, to determine and decide who the heck they are in this world, what their unique beliefs are. Teens are not the problem, although many of us are led to believe that. The problem is that we don't understand teens. We're not given the information to know what's going on with them. And so we misinterpret what's happening to support our already established beliefs that teens are difficult, that the adolescent years are going to be difficult. Everything we see, Everything they do is evidence of what we already believe because we're filtering out what doesn't support that belief and we're honing in on the things that do support it and we're translating what happens to support what we believe. So what I want to explain and what I teach, um, there's really three things that I teach my clients to help them establish a basis of understanding their teens and how we can start changing our beliefs about our teens, which will then start changing our relationships with our teens. And the first one is that the teen brain is going through a growth spurt. Many of you may have already heard this, but I want to just explain what this means. 
During the adolescent years, the brain grows more rapidly than it will ever grow again, and it ever has since they were babies, which means teens are primed to learn new things because they need to learn new things. We get frustrated with our teens for not being motivated or not enough or making really risky, crazy choices or getting emotionally, getting blowing up and getting really emotional about things or throwing even temper tantrums. But what we're not understanding is that teens still need to learn how to do that. When our babies are learning to walk, we don't get upset with them if they fall. We don't get upset with them or say, can you walk faster? Because we know they need to learn how. What we don't understand often is that our teens are now going through this walking phase when it comes to learning how to regulate their emotions, how to focus, how to, how to problem solve. And we get upset when they're not doing it well rather than standing back and, and teaching them how to do it. And one thing to remember is that the emotions, the part of the brain that feeds our emotions, that is the center of our emotions, the amygdala, is growing far faster than the part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, which is the part of the brain that regulates the emotions, that makes the good decisions. So teens are being fueled, their, their responses, the way they're viewing the world is through the lens of emotion, which is why things that seem so small to us and unimportant to us are so enormous to them because they see it differently than we do. They also have not developed the skills or even have the full brain capacity yet to regulate and control their emotions. What this means to you as a parent is if you want things to calm down in the house, it is up to you 100% to be the one that calms it down. When we expect our teens to calm down first or we just tell our teens to calm down without giving them and teaching them the skills on how to calm down, that's when the tension grows because we're basically asking them to run when they're just learning how to walk. Um, another thing to really remember based on this is that teens are experiencing a whole lot of pressure pressures they've never had to experience before, pressures at school, school's getting harder by exponentially harder, and the expectations of them are growing. Peer dynamics, friend dynamics, so much more complicated now because it's not about just who you live next to or who's in your classroom. It's about finding peers and friends that you relate to that have similar interests. It's also seeing that, wait, these kids are popular. How do I get popular? Why am I not in seeing the difference and having to really figure this all out for the first time? And it's confusing and hard. So understanding that our kids are just under so much pressure 
and being very aware of how we're adding to that pressure. And another thing that I always teach my clients is to take some time to listen and empathize with our kids, to show them you're in their corner and to realize how difficult this is for them and how much they're trying to figure out. Um, and the final thing that I want to share that is kind of opposite of what most of us are led to believe and how we filter the world and filter our, our relationship with our teen is that our teens actually want to have a positive, peaceful relationship with us just as much as we want it with them. I think a lot of parents don't realize this or they question this, they doubt it, because how they're viewing their teens is giving them evidence of the contrary. But the truth is, teens act that way a lot of times because they don't know how to ask for what they need and they're hurt. They're as hurt as we are and they react in this way that seems like they don't want anything to do with us. But it's really protecting them. I have yet to talk to a teen, and I talk to a lot of teens, I've yet to talk to a teen that doesn't want a better relationship with their parent. Or when they say, I hate my parent, it turns out because they feel their parent doesn't like them and they're turning it. I have yet to meet a teen that does not want a better relationship with their parent. So my question or my, my, my challenge to you today is to start thinking and looking at your teen from a different perspective. From a perspective of that they are not the problem, that they are doing the very best they can and that our role is to help teach and guide them to develop the skills that they need to stay motivated, to regulate their emotions, to problem solve, to deal with conflicts and arguments. It's our job to teach them. And I work with clients every day to help them understand how to help their kids because my hope for you is that you learn how to do this, that you learn how to be the main source of strength and empowerment and the person that your teen can turn to when they feel anxious or unsure of what to do, to empower you with those skills. Now, I will tell you, even when you have all those skills and you know all this information, it doesn't mean you're gonna do it perfect every time. In fact, last night I got a text and I get all, and I'm sure a lot of you get texts from your kids' teachers to show what's going on. And I got a text from my daughter's history teacher saying their history exam was due that night. And it was like eight o'clock at night. And so I asked my daughter, did you do your test? No, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it later. I don't want to do it now. And before I knew it, I had fallen in to the very role that I teach 
people to avoid. The nagging, when are you going to get it done? Do you need to go get it done? What am I checking, checking? And it just, it got, it just drove us apart. And it just got her more upset and me more frustrated. And it didn't resolve anything. Now, she did eventually go do it on her own time. And the next morning I woke up and I thought, oh my gosh, I handled that so poorly. What I should have done was ask her why she was resisting taking the test. Why, what was standing in her way? Why she was so reluctant to do it? Asking her how I could help, if I could help her study. And I said something to her this morning and I was like, you know what I should have done? I should have asked how I could help you study. And she goes, yeah, that would have been great. So I'm still figuring it out too. I, I still stumble, even though I know. The good news is I do know and I can correct it quickly. And that's why I want to help you guys know so that you can correct it more quickly and get back on track with your kids much faster and spend a lot less time arguing and in power struggles and dealing with slam doors and not understanding your teen. Because when we understand them and we approach it from that perspective of understanding where they're coming from, we end up having a far better relationship with them and being able to teach them the skills they need to do what we wanted them to do in the first place without the nagging, without the yelling, just helping them do it. So this is something I would love to help you and you can always go to calldrcam.com if you wanna set up a free session and we can talk about how I can help you. In the meantime, I hope to see you back tomorrow. Remember, if this helped you at all, to like it, to share it, to follow me, and to comment, and I will see you all tomorrow. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining me today on Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam. Make sure to visit my website, www.askdrcam.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS so you'll never miss a show again. While you're at it, if you found value in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes and hey, why not share it with a friend too? Be sure to tune in to my next episode. And remember, parenting teens may not be easy, but with my help, it can be a whole lot easier than this.